Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. You're listening to EPL from LFK for week 5 of the 2017-18 English Premier League. Presented by the Playmakers and brought to you by your host, Sean Goodwin. On today's show, Manchester United's thrashing of Everton, the weekly result recap, both Everton's and West Ham's struggles so far this season, goal of the week, player of the week and villain of the week, this week in history and week 6 predictions. Thank you for tuning in. I'm joined with uh, Johnny Keeley today. Uh, he's a soccer beat reporter at Nebraska, University of Nebraska. What else do you do, Johnny? I'm also an editor intern at Total, the, uh, the software company that's also based out of Lincoln. And, uh, you know, dabble in soccer. We've had a lot of good times down at Children Mercy Park together, Sean. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. This is great. Hey, it's like, um, you're a little quiet right now as well, Buzzy. Our audio was okay earlier. Maybe you just need to talk louder. I think I'll uh, Yeah, that's better. A little bit. A little better? Yep, that's fine by me. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, um, so yeah, as you're saying, uh, on the show today, thank you for being here. It's uh, good to have you. And just how's your day going so far? Uh, my day's been great. You know, the weather in Lincoln's been fantastic. How's it in Lawrence? Um, we're surviving. We're surviving. You missed out on the sporting game last night. Uh, it looked wild. I was watching it at home, and wow, the atmosphere looked incredible. Yeah, for people listening, um, you guys know I cover Sports and KC, so does Johnny. Uh, but he missed it last night. He says, good game. Sports and KC won the US Open Cup final. So, uh, three times in six years. Incredible. It looked like scenes down there. I wish I could have made the drive, but, you know. Next school couldn't, couldn't make the three down, three back, three hours drive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't wish blame I- you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess we'll get the show started with Everson versus Man U. Uh, a little bit of background so far, um, heading into the game. Obviously, this is the 25th season of the Premier League, being as it is. Um, in the previous 24 visits for Everson to Old Trafford in the league, he had won one of those 24 games. So, the odds were kind of stacked against him right here. Um, what did you see from the game? Well, I think I took a lot from just looking at the lineup, Sean, uh, just mm-hmm. before the game. You could honestly tell a lot how the game was going to go. Uh, we got Rooney up top, Sigurdsson, mm-hmm. Davies, Blow, and then Baines, Gabe, uh, Schneiderlin, and Martina. And I think the boys over at BBC when they, for match of the day, did this really well. Mm-hmm. When you look at everything, there just was no pace in that side coming into Old Trafford. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, if they did a really good job of explaining this on match of the day, where you just find um, Everton would be so far back in their own third and... Uh, Rooney would just be stuck by himself up top, isolated. And when they were looking to break, there'd be no one in the channels coming in to mm-hmm. try to uh, to get it going. And uh, wow, it just played perfectly into, I think, Jose Mourinho's plans for the whole game. I'd have to say, uh, wow, Matic looked fantastic the whole game. I think he really was, at least for me, he was one of the men of the matches. It says a lot about a side like mm-hmm. Manchester United when you can lose someone like Pogba. Yeah. And they just play soldiers like that. What, did, what were you seeing? I just. You know, you talked about how defensive Everton were. And it's, it's obviously not a bad thing to be that defensive, but it is when you can't freaking defend. <laughs> I mean, 
you look at the second there's nothing you can do about Valencia's volley the first goal sure but the second goal terrible giveaway from Williams which led to the goal um, and the fourth you know uh, Lukaku's goal I'll get to that in a little bit but the fourth goal as well um, Martial just tore up at Everson defence I mean he was being counted two on one and he just slipped between a pair of Everson defenders and went on to win that penalty um, and you know obviously this Everson team a lot of new faces including a goalkeeper Jordan Pickford and it's going to take time for them to gel for sure but it certainly has to happen soon because the performances even in just the past week have been less than ideal getting destroyed by Man U destroyed by Atalanta and um, was it Chelsea last weekend as well it's just not being a good week for them at all not at all nothing coming at all I was going to say Pickford probably felt like he was back at Sunderland on that Ashley <laughs> Williams giveaway oh my goodness mm. Jeez, he was uh, that's tough that is just it's poor defending and it's just you can't do that away to Old Trafford ever you know what I mean no. when you're down you know and uh, well I think all credit to Man U too you can't take away from what they're doing they Manchester United look for real this year. Uh, they really do. Both mm. Manchester clubs do. For that, for that, uh, as much to say for that. And uh, wow. And then Lukaku, when you're talking about him, he had so many chances this game. It he felt did. like he could have had at least three or four goals on what already he did. Yeah, Lukaku, um, yeah, he had a very early chance, which he put just wide, a couple of other chances. And he did eventually get his goal uh, late up in the game to go shooting up. And I. I know a lot of people, um, they focused on his celebration, which, um, you know, he held up his hand on his ear to give everything fangs, like telling him, you know, I heard you be quiet. But not just that, but just how, um, I guess, intensely he celebrated. You know, up against your former club who made you the player you are, you know, gave him a chance after being let go by Chelsea. Um, and then... You know, you're, you're freeing all off with a couple of minutes left. Like, to celebrate that intensely, I think, is a little bit disrespectful. I'm sure he doesn't care. But I just, I didn't like it. I would agree. I would ask you this. How about if, like, Luis Suarez came back to Liverpool? Mm-hmm. And say, if he celebrated like that, of course, he never would. He loves Liverpool. But how would you feel as a fan if you were to celebrate like that? I, I, I know I wasn't like it. I mean, I was a big Suarez fan, even with his biting and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I wasn't like it. It's uh, for all that we dig for, or yeah, all that the club dig for him, especially backing him with the whole racism saga and all that jazz. Um, and it just, I don't like it. And I appreciate it when players do score against former clubs and they just hold up their hands, like what Frank Lampard did when um, he had that short stint at Man City. Right, and, um, that was just weird. Yeah, and he scores against Chelsea. I remember the goal pretty clearly, and he just held up his hands. He was like, yeah, okay, I've scored, but I'm not going to celebrate. And I appreciate that from a player. Totally, yeah. Could you imagine Gerrard doing that? I just couldn't. Yeah, well, yeah, he would not. Frankly, thankfully, he's back at Liverpool now as a coach, so it won't happen. Right. Right, yeah. Right. Um, uh, one last thing. Yeah, I was going to say when I was just talking about pace, mm-hmm. is Coleman did have options... I think uh, that shows who's it, Dominic Covert Levin, who was just a, a header away. Just he came this close to getting a hat trick against Sunderland in the uh, mm-hmm. in, what is it, Carbro Cup, 
Is that yeah. what they're calling it now? Used to be the Capital yeah. Cup? Yeah. Carabao. Who's Pacey had a wonderful game, so hopefully uh, they'll include him in the squad because they had options. They have Pacey options on the bench, and uh, I feel like a player like that could have made a big difference in the match uh, last week against Manchester United. If they just would have had a little more options down the wing for Rooney to get uh, less said. And, and all credit to Wayne Rooney on his return to Old Trafford. I thought he had a fantastic game. I think this uh, scoreline doesn't give him a lot of credit, but mm-hmm. I think Rooney really did as much as he could to give his team success. Try to set up success at least. See, I got two points from that. The first being you mentioned Rooney. And you said he had a good game. I'm not saying he didn't, but he did have a lot of chances. And mm. I expected him to at least put one of those away. Um, but, you know... Manchester United, they waited till Rooney left the field and then scored a bunch of goals. Yep. Respectful. <laughs> I'm kidding on that one. But um, you mentioned Calvert Lewin as well, one of Everton's many youngsters. Uh, looking at the starting lineup, Tom Davis, who I'm a big fan of, I talked about him a lot at the end of last season. He starts above um, David Classic, who you know just came from Ajax in a big money move. Um, what do you think that says about? Coman's, I guess, trusting his youngster players or, you know, kind of leaving off these big money signings for the big games in favour of the younger players. Oh, I think it's very interesting. Also, it makes sense for this background coming from Southampton, you know, a club that definitely puts youth first and, you know, mm-hmm. likes to give players the chance. But also, I think it says a lot about Davies. I mean, we've seen his quality. I think he's a great player. And you know what? Honestly, from what I've seen from class and even from Ajax when I saw him in the uh, Europa League final, mm-hmm. I was never a huge Davy Klassen fan. I've never seen anything that really was just made me watch that player and be like, wow, that's someone I really want in my squad. That's someone who can really influence a game. Mm-hmm. You know? And But Tom Davies has a spark. You know, He definitely brings something different. He's young. I know I'm sure the fans at Everton just love him, just along with like Mason Holgate and uh, when he gets his chances in Levin too, just mm-hmm. still those young guys. So honestly, I, I applaud Coleman for going with youth. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that it definitely makes you think a little about these signings that they've gotten recently and whether they were Coleman's or the boards. And uh, I don't know, it just raises some questions there. Yeah, definitely. And um, one of our topics is everything struggles. We'll come right back to them. Uh, right now, I'm just going to do my weekly weekly recap. Um, just going to go through the scores. If there's anything you want to say, um, just pipe in. Go for it. Uh, so... Start off with Excelhurst Park, Crystal Palace still can't score, having scored a goal now, five games. He lost one up to Southampton. Uh, that was Roy Hodgson's first game as well. I'm sure I'll touch on that later. Uh, West Brom and your team, West Ham, 0-0. Uh, we'll touch on West Ham in a bit as well. Man City demolished Watford 6-0. Uh, Surging towards another title. Uh, Newcastle, uh, McSink James's Park, beat Stoke 2-1. Liverpool have another disappointing draw against Boy- against Burnley, 1-1, um, Anfield. Huddersfield picking up more points, it goes 1-1 draw against Leicester. Spurs still can't win at Wembley, uh, that nil-nil tie with Swansea. And just the two games on Sunday, a uh, pretty boring nil-nil tie between Chelsea and Arsenal. And as we just mentioned, Manchester United's 4-0 thrashing of Everton. Um, yeah, that was, that's, guess, yeah. That was, guess, past week's results. Uh, anything you want to say about them, or should we move on to Everton's struggles? Yeah, I have some notes from uh, the Arsenal-Chelsea game, just to mm-hmm. say that I was impressed with Arsenal, actually, this weekend, you know, playing without Ozil and Sanchez, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, you know, Chelsea's a very good side, and uh, I don't know, I was impressed with Arsenal. I think it's one of the better, I, you could say it's arguably, they didn't get any goals, but probably their best performance of the season is playing a team of that quality without two of their best players, and uh, 
I don't know. I was really impressed with him. Uh, you know, Courtois made some excellent saves. They, they, you could say they were unlucky there. I know Lacazette missed the absolute sitter where that should have put him up 1-0. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, yeah, I was impressed with Arsenal. Um, we'll see if they can get back on track here a little bit. And uh, this whole Alexis Sanchez being on the bench drum is it's going to be interesting for the rest of the season, at least till January when most mm-hmm. likely he'll leave. And yeah. I assume he will. But, yeah, I, find, I think that's going to be something interesting to keep my keep your eye on. Fair enough. Well, um, we'll jump back on this Everton train. We we did talk a lot about uh, struggles so far. Um, all I've really got left to say on the topic itself is, you know, we talked about how defensive we were against the bigger teams and whatnot. And you mentioned Rooney as well. He is the, really the only true striker right now, and you know he's getting old. Yeah, he scores a couple of goals for sure. But um, I mean, who have Everson, you've got Sandro Ramirez, sure. Um, but I mean, he hasn't impressed me so far. And you don't really have a lot of depth for the you know, attacking players. And that's something they're going to struggle with for the rest of the season, unless they don't pick anybody up in January to supplement Rooney or be a good backup for him. Yeah, no. And I remember during the, the summer transfer window, you know, as crazy as those rumors get, mm-hmm. there was talk of Giroud going to Everton. Yeah. There was talk of Diego Costa when he would go to Atletico, which seems to be going through that he'd be loaned to Everton because I don't. I, there was something about a transfer ban where he couldn't play for Atletico until January. Yeah, some of us talk about that, but it seems like it was never really addressed. I think uh, Dominic Covert Levin is going to get his chance probably because you know Rooney can't play Europa League, you know the cup games and mm-hmm. uh, league day in day out. He's just not. He's too old at this point. So that's definitely something I think they probably overlooked in the transfer window for as much money as they did end up spending. And, you know, just looking at their uh, their schedule for so far this year, you know, it's it's been a little, it's been brutal. I mean, they went to Sp- that Spurs, Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know, and back weeks, and they have Europa League nights. And uh, honestly, I have to say, I was pretty surprised with the uh, Atalanta result. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because uh, when you think of Serie A, you know, and you think of the big teams that usually you assume are going to be pretty well, Atalanta's not the first one that comes to you. Mind their best player, uh, Kessier, or I butchered that name probably, went to Milan. And, uh, you know, from my friends that I've talked to who cover Syria pretty uh, pretty uh, heavily, you know, they didn't really expect much from Atalanta. So I messaged him right after the game. I remember sitting in class when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I was is Atalanta supposed to be, is this supposed to be a good year for them? Is there something I'm missing? They're like, honestly, I could not tell you. They're pretty surprised by that too. So, you know, I think the, the pressure is definitely on Coleman. You know, the, the fixture list didn't, it didn't really do him a lot of favors here, but uh, he's definitely going to have to figure out some tactically what he's going to do with this squad that, like I said previously, for right now it seems, lacks the pace that uh, mm-hmm. that they could probably use against some sides, yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, we'll move on to your own team, West Ham. I'm sure you've got plenty to say about how they played this season, so just hit me with what you've got. Oh, John, yes. <laughs> I know, and uh, we've talked about this in the past, and oh, gosh, it seems... Seems like it was forever ago. I'm sure you remember it fondly. The last game that we had at a, the last home match that we had at a, at the Bowling Ground, beating Manchester United three-two after Winston Reid goal to to win it. Yep. That seems like forever ago. Pyatt, everything seemed fine. You know, he didn't he didn't seem like he was going to slither away at all. And yeah. then the problem seemed to happen the minute we moved into our new stadium. Uh, the Olympic Ground last season was uh, about as bad as it can get, at least from what I was coming from, you know, the whole Pyatt drama. But the, mm-hmm. the club was able to stabilize. I think you can give Billick a lot of a lot of pro- props for, you know, being able to stabilize the ship at least a little bit, you know, for as 
poorly that situation went with the the fan problem with that obviously with the Chelsea game with when uh, things got out of hand and a lot of talk about uh, West Ham fans being too uh, too rowdy during the games and then the whole pie drama and then so coming in the summer I was feeling pretty good you know you know Natovich you get Chicharito yeah, you know Zabaleta on a free mm-hmm. Joe Hart on a free and I know it took a while for these moves to be made and the fan base was getting very very uh, agitated with the board and with the, the owners, the Gold Brothers, just because, you know, they want to see moves made. This is supposed to be a move to the Olympic Stadium. It's supposed to be where you take the next step as a club. And, you know, mm-hmm. as annoying as West Ham fans can be on Twitter, this they felt like this was going to be, you know, when they make the move to be that next tier of kind of a club. And, uh, you know, I was cautiously optimistic coming to the season. You know, uh, the whole uh, sporting business with uh, trying to get William Calvary Hall was annoying, but I didn't think uh, – too much of it. It's like we have Aban, uh, we have Oviang, and we have Kuyate, who to me mm-hmm. seem like similar players who play that CDM role. Yeah. So it wasn't too upset we didn't get him. I was wonderful. It would be have a player of his quality. It would, it would fit right into the side right away and start. And oh, geez, obviously the preseason didn't go that great. Uh, the thrash into Manchester City uh, yeah. before the league play start definitely didn't bode well. But you know, I was optimistic going into Manchester United. Lose 4-0. In hindsight. It doesn't hurt as bad now just seeing as good as Manchester United look that they're, yeah. they're going to be this year. Uh, but, oh, geez, uh, I feel like really just fighting for his job at this point. And, uh, you know, the result against Huddersfield definitely helps. Uh, and, you know, 0-0 West Brom, that's probably as much of a guarantee if I was a betting man. I, you told me West Brom was playing West Ham. I'll tell you that's a 0-0 draw any day of the week mm-hmm. at that point, especially when you're going up with Tony Pula's side. But, uh Jeez, uh, I'll tell you right now, Billy, never play Chicharito on the wing again. Oh, gosh. Jeez, yeah. I, you don't have to be a tactical mastermind. You get a nine-year-old on football manager, and he's never going to put Chicharito on the mm-hmm. on the wing. You know, he's a goal poacher. That's what he. That's how he scored goals at uh, at Leverkusen. Had a lot of success there. And jeez, uh, and you put him on the wing, you put him out of his natural element, and it's just like, what are you expecting here? You know, at most, a one-two punch with Carroll and Chicharito up top. But, oh, geez, you know, I just hope Bill can figure it out. I think mm-hmm. on the right track, injuries definitely have been not great. Uh, Lanzini's been out for an extended period of time. That definitely hurts the side. Yep. Uh, and Arnautovic, I think they've – I will give Bill credit for this. I think he's handled that very well. Uh, one of the more painful losses of the season was definitely Southampton. I don't know if you caught that game. I think that was week two or three. Yeah, with the elbow. Go down 1-0. Uh, Arnautovic gets sent off for a stupid red card. And uh, go down by another goal. Fight back. Chicharito gets two goals to make it 2-2. And then Zabaletta. Ah, he gets up a mm-hmm. pen in the extra time. Oh, geez. To lose to Southampton like that. 3-2. Yeah, it's ah, tough. It's a terrible way to lose. But you know what? I think Bilic handled the Arnatovic situation very well. He has not played him until uh, the game against Bolton. You know, just so it really gets at Because he has that reputation of being a hothead. Mm-hmm. You know. A lot of Stoke fans were telling West Ham fans on Twitter about how, like, oh, yeah, when you have a string of great games, then, you know, who knows what he's going to do for the next string, you know what I mean? So I yeah. think Billick did a good job of, you know, just really sending a message in that, you know, this is not how we're going to have you play here at our club. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> we've got Tottenham this week. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that'll it'll be interesting. I think it'll say a lot, too, of uh, where we came. So, uh, yeah, that's a... It's a little rant. I know it's a little everywhere, but Sean, I'd love to hear what you think about West Ham right now. <laughs> if you're sitting. Yeah, I'm just going to bounce off what you said, really. Um, 
Just sourcing off Slavin Billig. She does love a good bag Scarcy a season. <laughs> She's done it a few <laughs> times now. Um, but the whole Chicharito and um, playing him out on the wing. I was actually reading an article, um, it was pretty recently, about Billig talking about how on paper it looks like, oh yeah, putting a front two partnership of Chicharito and Carroll. You know, it, it sounds easy, but he was saying tactically doing that and then having three defenders, uh, like three centre backs, is just not feasible for West Ham. Um, which doesn't sound like he's got a whole lot of confidence in his defence, but I mean, at the same time, can you blame him with how you've been leaking goals? Um, but, you know, that whole situation's a mess. Big players being played out of position, and you are missing players, as you said, like um, Ngozovic with his elbow, and then Arbelo is hopefully coming back soon. Um, who, you know, his glory days with Liverpool and Real Madrid. Um, you know, he's obviously not that kind of player anymore, but I definitely think he can bring something to West Ham's defence, um, if you agree with me. I don't know. Like, I mean... I, I'd agree with you because he is no longer with the team. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Wait, what? Yeah, Obolo is gone. Uh, we've got Sammy Byram, and he's probably going to be... We've got okay. Sammy Byram, uh, Masioko, who had a... Great goal against Bolton mm -hmm. and Aaron Cresswell and uh, Zabaleta. Those are our four fullbacks right now that gotcha. we're getting most of the time. Okay, huh? Good morning, yeah. you know. I guess I missed that one, didn't I? Nah, you know, I I don't blame you. That was so <laughs> under the radar. I, you know, he was he came and went just like that. You know, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. You know, I will say this about the defense: the last three games mm -hmm. haven't let up a goal, uh, which has been impressive. You know. Yes. I honestly rate Winston Reid very highly. I love Agbana. I think those are great players. I think it says a lot that we didn't go after a central defender, and we actually ended up loaning out Reese Oxford, who I know a lot of people are very high on. I'm very high on him. I know uh, reports coming out. He went to Borussia Mönchengladbach in the Bundesliga, and he's getting pretty upset because he's not playing there either. I feel so sorry for the kid. It mm. seems like it was just yesterday he had Ozil in his pocket when he was 16 <laughs> like, to start off the season two years ago. Yeah, And, um, you know, but I will say this. I would love to talk to you about Declan Rice, who's a, a youngster that's come through the academy. Okay. And uh, he's, he's been progressing well. I know he started in the midfield. Uh, our first game of the season, actually, against Manchester United, played well. I, I felt like he played well, at least. Mm -hmm. And he played at center back. He's more natural yeah, position against now. Bolton. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, against Bolton. But uh, I would love to see him. And, you know, I love Mark Noble. He's Mr. West Ham. He's our captain. And no one loves Mark Noble more than Slavin Bilic to uh, – Mm. For better or for worse, but I'd really love to start seeing you know a changing of the guard here and give Rice more opportunities where I feel like he can offer just as much as Noble can at this point at his age and at least get him some more development. I'd love to see Declan Rice you yeah. know, step into that position and you know maybe a little changing of the guard here as the season continues. Felix has come out and said that he loves you know he loves Mark Noble. Mark Noble's not going anywhere. He's going to keep playing him, which I guess that's I think his glory days are behind him as much as hard as it is to say, but. Mm -hmm. That's something as a West Ham fan I'd love to see incorporate some more youth into our system as well. But that's tough for a manager who's fighting for his job and to put his trust into players mm -hmm. that, you know, like a Declan Rice. But yeah, yeah. No, that's something I'd very much like to see. And with you saying a whole thing with Mark Noble, you know, he's now in his heydays, his swung song kind of deal. And I mean, I know how it is obviously with Stephen Gerrard as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was back when with Brendan Rogers, he was in the same kind of deal where he, Apart from last season, we finished second. 
Liverpool weren't performing how you know like we were expected to perform. And you've got Steven Gerrard who missed Liverpool, but even the fans know he's on his last legs. And you kind of started to see that whole transition between, you know, Gerrard starting onto Henderson. And it's a little bit different with West Ham because Declan Rice is so young. Um, but I mean, he's played, what, four games now this season? He's, yeah, he's played well too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's been making the appearances. Uh, well, it might even be more than four games with League Cup and all that stuff. Right. Um, but you definitely have reason to be hopeful having such a young player come through the ranks with that much promise. Um, the academy, what can I say? West Ham Academy. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little while. But, I mean, you know, John Terry, Frank Lampard, or Leo yep. Fersenhand even, question mark? Yeah, Ferdinand, yep. Yeah. Um, oh. It's been a little while, but it's about time we have another world-class player coming through. So you never know, and even I know. if him to get uh, bought by Chelsea for about twenty mil and then be loaned out for the rest of his career. Yeah, no, okay. don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you if we have time, Sean. I'd love to talk to you about Liverpool a little bit because what's going? I, I love Jurgen Klopp. He's probably my favorite manager in the Prem, mm-hmm. but I. He's got to be getting some heat right now with these results that keep on coming out, especially the loss to Leicester in the in the uh, Cabrillo Cup. I remember watching that game, and uh, I liked the team he put out, and it seemed like they were the better team most of the game as well. But mm-hmm. again, the result just doesn't follow your guys' way. I mean, I'm not too worried about the League Cup loss. We have more important things in our place, that being, you know, trying to finish top four again along with Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um. And in recent years, we have made decent runs in the League Cup, so to be going out so early, it's a little bit weird, but I'm, I don't care too much. Um, that squad that played against um, Leicester again, it wasn't full strength. It wasn't, you know, a completely weak size as well. But, you know, you had Coutinho coming out at half-time in place of um, Ben Woodburn. And just, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who plays the same to McField. It wasn't our usual... Like pairings, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain plays a full ninety minutes. He's not going to do that usually. Um, but as a whole picture, yes, he's under heat, and a lot of a lot of fans are giving him benefit of doubt, including myself, uh, just because of you know what he brings to the table. Um, but it's just annoying that our defensive issues weren't addressed over the summer, and we're seeing that now. <laughs> um, just the board was so set. On thinking that they were going to get Van Dyke, yeah. that they didn't address. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they were so set on Van Dyke, and we made out we we went out and we made all these um, attacking transfers. You know, Mo Salah and Oxley Chamberlain, Naby um, Case is coming in next summer. Like we couldn't even get him this summer. While Seriously. meanwhile, we did bring in Andy Robertson for left back. Who I think has gone great so far. He's a he's a kind of player who can attack and sends in good crosses and all that kind of stuff you want from wing back but he also gets back which is something Moreno ain't the best at doing no he's kind of having a renaissance this season though I think Moreno's been having just a fine season he has has a renaissance for sure Um, but the same thing happened last season when Milner started taking his spot and then you know by November he just went downhill again and with the, he's definitely going to get more playing time with the Champions League. Um, 
So if he keeps up his form, I'm not going to complain, but I do prefer Andy Robertson over him right now. Yeah. But you look at the um, Liverpool side, or the Liverpool defence, sorry, uh, especially Dejan Lovren. I mean, my God. Like, he has his moments, for sure, like once in a blue moon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's... I mean, let me just pick out a few random moments. Champions League against Sevilla, like a fourth minute. <laughs> he could have stood still and the ball would have hit him on the foot and went out for a corner, for Christ's sake. And he completely whiffed it for the goal. Oh. Um, the game against Leicester, he played. Um, and it was, I believe it was him and... Either him and Clavin or him and uh, Matip. But again, just not strong enough not picking up players, um, which led to Leicester's first goal, actually. It was a big ball, big uh, hit up the field. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's a smallish kid anyway, to be fair. He got muscled off the ball in the air. The ball went into the middle. I believe it was Lovren who was beat again to the header. And from where um, no one picked up the, the player who was running onwards, I forgot who it was now. And it was, it was a nice finish, but you know he was completely unmarked. And just stuff like that. Again, Man City game. Not much cohesion between the centre-backs. We were getting torn apart. And yeah, it's all good to be having players who are able to make a huge impact, such as Salah and Marnie, Firmino, Coutinho, Lallana. I can keep going. Um, but it's just going to be a repeat of our 2013-14 season where we had Suarez, Sterling, Sturridge. Yeah, we can score goals, but... You know, when you can't defend and you're going to give up two, three goals every game, you're not going to win the league because, as the old saying goes, defense wins championships. Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. You know, on the topic of youngsters, I'd have to say Liverpool has a very good crop coming in. You know, Benny Woodburn, Trent Alexander, mm -hmm. Arnold, and uh, oh, you guys, you've got a bunch. Uh, who would you say is your favorite right now and who do you think would have the best chance of breaking into the first team and really making a name for themselves? Um, Potential-wise, Ben will bang. He's definitely showing um, what he's got. He's already... I mean, he's making appearances for Liverpool, but he's started playing for Wales now um, in, uh, on the national team. And, I mean, he scores, I believe, two goals already for them, mm -hmm. including a stunner um, a oh, couple of weeks cool. ago. Yeah. Um, I think he's got the most potential, but... Again, when you've got the likes of Firmino and Sturridge ahead of you in that centre-forward role, it's going to be tough to break through. So um, you're already seeing Trent Alexander-Arnold break through. He's Klein is being out injured. He should be back soon. Um, but, yeah, he's basically a secondary to Klein once he comes back. Um, he's not being 100% for sure. Um and Alexander Arnold, like he's got his weaknesses, but he's a young player, and if he can keep improving, um, he could definitely challenge Klein for that starting spot. But the only disappointing thing for me is it'd be nice if Klein was old. So once Klein started to phase out, Alexander Arnold would be a ready replacement for him. But Klein is a young player himself, not young, young, but you know he's in his prime basically. Brand, yeah. yeah, so, um, you know, it's not like that easy transition is going to happen. And it's unfortunate to think that those players are going to either, I mean, Klein or Alexander Arnold could end up switching to the left hand side, more likely Alexander Arnold being a younger player. 
Um, but then there's opposition from Andy Robertson and whatnot over there. So we have depth for the fullback positions, just maybe not the quality. <laughs> okay. Right on. Right on. And another player that I really like for you guys is Joe Gomez. I thought he's yeah. been playing season two. Uh, Joe Gomez is a player who can play any position at the back as well, playing to back or on either left or right back. Um, he's actually on the shortlist for a European Golden Boy, mm. um, which is. You know, it's a good honour for him. Um, and if he can step up in that centre-back role and perhaps actually show like we have a defender who knows how to defend, minus Joel Matip, then you know, he could be a starter this season. Yeah. Do you rate uh, Dom Solanke? Um, Yeah, I, I rate him. I mean, in the pre-season, he shows a lot. He obviously he was player of the tournament for the... Um, I think it was U19 uh, World Cup. Something yeah, like that. when they won it. Yeah. yeah, when England won it. And you, know, you look at players who've won it in the past. Messi won it in the past. Aguero won it in the past. And I'm not saying he's going to live up to those levels. It's got to be foolish of me to say. Um, but he showed promise in pre-season. A game against Burnley, he really shows a scores. Um, yeah, yeah Chance came across boxing. I mean, he was two yards out kick. He hit the bar for Christ's sake. But he's certainly a decent enough backup, especially when Scrooge decides that he's hurting for whatever reason. Right. Um, and as, as we said, he's young, he's got a lot of time, and he's a good pickup. Big, big guy as well. Nice big forwards, which I appreciate. Right. You know, I just, I just love seeing young players getting the chance to, and I think Klopp's doing a great job, you know, putting mm-hmm. Woodburn in. I guess he's Welsh, but you know, it's long to give them chances too, because you know, it seemed like Slonky was going to be one of those, another victim of Chelsea's loans, where yeah. he just was never really going to get his chance. So it's good to see him getting his chance here at a uh, mm-hmm. at Liverpool. Yeah, and uh, I'm also the one last thing I'm going to say about Liverpool is, which is kind of confusing to me, is the whole where Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is going to fit into that squad, because you know, bringing him in was it like forty mil? You know, that's a that's a hefty amount of money. That's something that you'd give a player that you'd mm. expect, you know, come in and contribute quite a bit to the team. But from the performance I've seen from him so far for Liverpool, you know, I I know players need time to like settle in and stuff, mm. but I haven't been too impressed by him so far. Where do you think he fits in to uh, to the squad, and what do you think his role will be? I I mean, I've I don't know if you. have seeing what I've talked about him in uh, our fantasy Premier League group chat with like a beacon and whatnot. But um, he, I don't see him as a starter. But how I see it is we have four main centre midfielders and we, you know, we play a, a centre midfield pairing. Um, two of those attacking, two defensive. We've got Jordan Henderson and Ray Chang who are more on defensive ends and Jeannie Wijnaldum and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who are more attacking kind of players and it's weird to talk of him as a centre-mid because he was eternally played out of position with Arsene Wenger. Um, But my my ideal pairings are Henderson and um, Wijnaldum or even Emery Chang Wijnaldum and then you switch it about so then you've got uh, Oxley Chamberlain, who's the attacking player, working alongside either Emery Chang or Henderson. I definitely think Wang Alzheimer gets the scores ahead of him. It just sticks whoever pairs with him, basically. But that's what I see him fitting into the squad as. 
And I'm sure Klopp will figure out his schedule once he settles in more and, you know, gets some more in training and stuff. And he'll definitely get his chances because you guys are involved in so many different competitions right now. But Yeah, yeah. I'm sure hope so. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, anyway, I'll, we'll move on with uh, play of the week. Um, I'll let you go first. You may surprise me with who you picked, maybe not. Uh, hit me. Player of the week. You know, I was thinking about this quite a bit, and you know, at first I was gonna say Matic because I was just so blown away by his uh, by his uh, play mm-hmm. for United. I thought he was kind of the unsung hero. He's really just been absolutely fantastic, and I think it really showed uh, against Everton. You know, he was involved with two goals. I don't think he got an assist for either, but he was definitely involved mm-hmm. with setting him up, especially with uh, he get that cross over to uh, Valencia for that wonderful goal, which was insane. And then uh, he helped out. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. But he just kind of flipped it into the box. It might have been the Lukaku one that yeah. after the free kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's just a rock. And, geez, I'd love to see him. I wish <laughs> we could see him with Ander Herrera because I don't know any team that want to go up against, a, you know, two center mids uh, with uh, Madden and Herrera. But I'm actually going to give it to Sergio Aguero. You know, yeah. I think he's one of those players that, you know, just so good that we kind of forget about his brilliance. It's kind of one of those <laughs> things people always say about Messi and La Liga is, you know, you see him just doing amazing things day in and day out and it kind of seems ordinary. Well, it's just another day at the office for Sergio Aguero and I think he had a great game against Watford and Watford, you know, going into the game has been doing well. Like they've, they won't they've, just the league. Uh, they've got Silva as their manager mm-hmm. who's just been doing a fantastic job. I don't want to take, you know, I don't, I think the, that result of 6-0 against Watford kind of, I hope that doesn't take too much away from what Wofford's been able to achieve so far this season because they've had a very successful season, I'd say. And I rate Silva quite a bit as a manager. Mm-hmm. But wow, he's just incredible. The partnership with uh, Jesus looks like it's just going to be just an absolute terror for the Premier League. It really is, you know, yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense now. You know, as good as I thought Ian Nacho was fantastic, and I hope he gets more opportunities with Leicester. But you can see why they went after Jesus because at first for me it didn't make sense. But wow, these two together is just going to be an absolute peach to watch, mm-hmm. you know, really. And uh, yeah, I'd just have to say it's Sergio Aguero just for you know the consistency and just having another great game. Yeah, so you know when a guy does score a hat trick, um, it's pretty hard not to give him play of the week, which is why I kind of guess you may. I mean, you know, in five games, you know, has nine goals and two hat tricks, um, which is ridiculous, but. I actually uh, mixed it up a little bit, went from Mario Lamina, Southampton. Oh. Yeah, he um, came from Juventus, it's a man who's played in a Champions League final, and you know he's now playing for Southampton, but he certainly knows what up, or what's up, should I say. Um, you know, obviously the game itself wasn't stunning, Southampton beat Crystal Palace 1-0. All you need to do is score a goal against Crystal Palace and you've won at this point. But um, just watching Lamina, and just, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. His awareness of play is great. He always knows where the danger is. He's always getting back, helping his back line. Um, and one of the things that I really noticed about him, um, which was also mentioned on Match of the Day, as you were saying earlier, is that when you watch him tackle players, he doesn't just try and, like, you know, kick a ball out of play, break up the play, and let his team get back. Like, he muscles his way to the ball steals it and keeps it like for his own team and he'll bring the ball the field or he'll pass it off and you know when like when he's trying to win the ball back he's winning it back he's not just trying to you know break up play um and just watching that game as well as i mentioned his awareness is great and his vision as well some of the passes he was spraying across the field you know from byline to byline uh, side to side it was great and 
for 18 million, that is an absolute bargain from, from Southampton. And, you know, with him going to Southampton, I'm excited for him to be playing for Liverpool next season. I, I knew you were going to go say something about that. <laughs> I actually just thought of that now in my notes. I said he's just going to be snapped up by a bigger player, I mean, a bigger club. Um, but I was like, oh, plays for Southampton, so naturally he'll end up with Liverpool. So um, I'm excited for that. We could use <laughs> another centre mid who knows how to play soccer. <laughs> I'm excited for you. <laughs> so that's uh, my player of the week. Um, go on to villain of the week. Who have you got? Uh, I think we're probably going to have the same one here, Sean, because Maybe. it has to be David Luiz. Nope, not for me. <laughs> no, okay, wow. Well, I remember uh, just watching his challenge that he had against uh, against uh, Arsenal's right back, and he came from Schalke. I'm not going to say his name right, so I'm not going to attempt. Is it Kolsaniak? Is that, am I close? Um, oh, um, Kolasinic? Kolasinic, yeah, that's who it is. There you go. And, you know, I just, you know, the first time he watched it, I was like, okay, you know, it looks like he might have gotten a piece of the ball. He's going in, and then they put it in slow mo. And you know, you can say, mm-hmm. "Match the guy said this too." You know, it always looks worse in slow mo. But wow, this looked, this looked really bad slow mo. Uh-huh. He just went full force. He was he was kicking at whatever was in his way at that point. And you know, love David Luiz. I really like him as a player. Like mm-hmm. him as a person. But by the way, terrible challenge. <laughs> yes, really, just a terrible challenge. Deserved to be sent off. You know, and that's going to hurt Chelsea. But I wrote this down in my notes. Andreas Christensen, who played fantastically mm-hmm. uh, when it's his a great player for Gladbach when he played there, will probably get a chance. So I'm really glad for him. He's one of those players that can really spread the ball around a good passing center back. So, you know, uh, David Luiz is out, but I'm excited to see Andreas Christensen maybe perhaps get his chance. Yeah, Christensen was really um, a low key signing for Chelsea, really. He wasn't much made about it, but when he plays, he's shown what he can do. So I look forward to that. Um, as for myself, I'm the villain of the week. I went for Christian Benteke. And he's not just villain of the week, he is villain of the season so far. Just because of just how little he's offered Crystal Palace. And I was talking about this last week with Griffin. Uh, oh no, it was two weeks ago, I was alone last week. Um, or well, no, anyway, whatever. Um, Crystal Palace are having all these shocks on targets. Or not even on target, we're having all these shocks always off target and whatnot. Um, I mean, obviously, Christian Benteke is the focal point of that. And I was watching him this week, and I'm, you know, I'm just looking, I'm like, what are you doing? Why, why are you a professional soccer player right now? Like, he's a, he's a big, strong guy, we know that. Um, the points that Crystal Palace bought him for really is because they're the kind of club who just hoof the ball up the field uh, and then look for Benteke to flick it on or bring it down and let players come up and he's not doing that now he's easily being beat to the ball despite his size um, and you saw it in the Crystal Palace game against Southampton that uh, he failed so many times that players kind of stopped you know, running past him looking for that flick on and when he did finally win a header to flick it onwards nobody ran after the ball because no one expected him to win it. Um, and you're just watching his movements as well. Yeah, there was several times he could have made a diagonal run, which is what you expect from your centre forward, making diagonal runs into the box out wide, you know, looking for that space. And he just, he doesn't move, he's just kind of meandering about, admiring the rest of the game. 
um, and it's just, you know, you, you look at two Belgians um, who plays on Merseyside, Benteke and Lukaku, and you look at the difference, uh, both directions the players are wanging to. You know, Benteke is not showing his full potential. He's at Crystal Palace, a team who hasn't scored in five games. And you look at Lukaku, who's scored five goals in, what, four or five games so far for one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm just not impressed with Benteke ever since he came to Liverpool, really. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Crystal Palace. I'm glad they finally got a goal this weekend or this week. Well, he didn't. They haven't scored. Oh, in the and not in the league, but in oh. the cup. They finally got one. Yeah, soccer, soccer really scored. So mm-hmm. I hope things turn up on Selhurst. They have fantastic fans, and I definitely feel for them right now because <laughs> – to be fair, I did not see much of that Southampton Crystal Palace game because there's not a lot to get excited about watching Crystal Palace these days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, just uh, I noticed obviously my play of the week uh, being Lamina. Uh, mm-hmm. He was playing in Crystal Palace. And obviously, it's not the hardest opponent, but just watching that game really highlighted just how good he was. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, well, head on, Wix. We're getting close to the end now. Uh, goal of the week. Who you got? Oh, goal of the week. I was thinking about this today uh, mm-hmm. while I was at work, and I was like, oh, I've got the perfect one, and I was going to say, it's Merchants from Napoli, and then I remembered we're going on in the Premier League Conference podcast, <laughs> so I scrapped that. But if you haven't seen the goal, definitely go see it. He had a brilliant goal against Lazio, and uh, you know, being someone who I, I like to watch Napoli, I think they play the prettiest soccer in Europe right now. And huh. uh, if you can definitely watch that goal, because for me, world soccer, I'd say that's the prettiest goal, but... I think easily for me the uh, EPL goal of the week would definitely have to go to uh, Antonio Valencia on the half volley from that cross from Matic was I don't think anyone I expected that to go just in Rosie at Old Trafford beautiful technique and uh, easily my goal of the week I would say yeah definitely a great goal Um, it wasn't I mean it was an absolute screamer the amount of power he got behind in the connection it wasn't directly in the top corner, as I first thought it was, if you look from several angles. Still picked with Ding Stang Dichangs. Um But, yeah, it's still a wonderful goal, close running up for me. Um, but I actually went with one of Sergio Aguero's goals when you do score a hat-trick. You know, there's, there's a good chance one of those goals are pretty damn good. Um, but for me, it was, uh, I believe it was his, it, it was for the hat-trick, his third goal, I believe. Um, but it all started with Kyle Walker. Now, he wings the ball back in his own um, defensive third. And my opinions on Kyle Walker, I say he's a budget Nathaniel Klang who can't defend because that's what he is. Great going forward, getting back, not too great. But this was a moment he was going forward. Um, so he he was going forward. Um, Charleston for Watford tried to kick the ball off him, absolutely killed him completely faked um, challenge just shoulder to shoulder um, then he had kept on running had a nice cutback uh, which Aguero went to pick up about 25 yards out and he weaved between like literally five defenders like a ball was stuck to his foot like my mind blew I was like okay okay Aguero and then he dinked it past Gomez you know it, it rolled into the goal but if you look at it from the camera angle which is right by that post just the the curl he had on the ball to like perfectly take it from going wide to get you know 
because he's in a mushroom angle past Gomez. And he, it kind of killed and just it clipped it inside like a post and went in. And just the whole goal was a masterpiece, Sergio Aguero. <laughs> and I totally expect him to be aiming for 30 goals this season. I would have to agree that player is, as long as he doesn't get injured, yeah. he's City are so lucky to have him. Oh, for real, definitely. Um, getting close to the end now, we have um, this week in history, my little section. Uh, I'm going to have you guess what this is. So, um, the date was 19th September 1999. It's to do with Alan Shearer. Um, it was an 8-0 win over Sheffield Wednesday for Newcastle. Uh, what do you think the history is, Johnny? <laughs> With my Premier League knowledge going back to about 2013, I will say I don't have the best shot at this question, but mm-hmm. Alan Shearer in Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday, 8-0. Did he break the English uh, goal scoring record in the Premier League at that time? He did not. That was actually kind of early in his career. Um, he broke it a lot later, I remember. But no, he did break a record, though. It was actually, um, well, he didn't break it, he tied it. Um, he scored five goals in that game, um, which is tied for the most goals by a single player in the Premier League era. I believe it was Dwight York from Manchester United who originally did it. Um, since, since then, it's been done five times in total. Um, I believe Jermaine Defoe did it, um, Berbatov did it once. Uh, and somebody else, I don't know, but um, you know, so it's not like history making, but it's still up there, you know, one of the best performances by a striker in Premier League history. Mm-hmm. So that's my history of the week, right there. Didn't know I was going to learn something. Thank you. There you go, learn something new every week. And uh, heading on to last but not least, week six predictions. Um, be my guest. Go first. Oh, jeez. Well, you're going to make me <laughs> predict against my own team. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm definitely taking Tottenham, I would say. Jeez, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, being a West Ham fan, this makes you bitter and sad, and uh, it won't change this week, I don't think, unless nope. I will over the moon if we do manage to get a result. A draw against Tottenham would be wonderful. I mean, if Swansea can do it, <laughs> we can. I don't know. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very pessimistic at this point, but... You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take Tottenham in this one. I'm sure they're gonna be wrapped up after losing two or not or drawing against Swans. Mm-hmm. They're definitely wanting to come out and make a statement, especially after we beat them last year, kind of knocking them out of the title chances. Yes, two at Olympic Stadium. So I'm sure they have a point to prove. They're gonna be mad. They're gonna be playing. Uh, and I, there is a chance that I saw something. Lanzini wasn't supposed to come back, but there's a chance Lanzini plays, which would be uh, that'd be fantastic. But again, no, I'm gonna take Tottenham. Uh, Watford Swansea. I'm going to take Watford there. I think they're going to bounce back after that uh, loss to Manchester City. I think 6-0 is going to be uncharacteristic for them this season. So I expect them to come back. I think Silva is too good of a manager to let that keep them down. Now Chelsea Stoke. I'm going to take Chelsea. Uh, haven't been too impressed with Stoke, especially after last week's loss against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Manchester United with Southampton. Oh, real and I think I don't see a lot stopping Manchester United at this point. They, it looks like right now for the title, it looks like it's going to run through Manchester United and be City United, at least so far very early into the season. Mm-hmm. I see United rolling in that one. Uh, Palace Palace has such a hard string of games coming up. Roy Hodgson has his work cut out for him, and that's 
not going to change when they play City this weekend. And geez, I, you could see another 6-0 like how it was against Watford, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think City's really just going to take it to them. Everton Bournemouth, I think this would be interesting. Uh, Jordan Ab getting two assists last week. I, he's still alive and he's still playing soccer. I had no yeah. idea. Bournemouth's record signing. Good to see Jordan Ab. Record you know. signing, my laws. Yeah, last season he was. At least he was last season. It might have been broken for Defoe this year, but I remember going to the last season. It was their record signing. Gotcha. Uh, but it's good to see I back, uh, you know, playing soccer again, playing well. Uh, that being said, I think Coleman finally, this is the game that he turns it around. I think Everton wins this against Bournemouth. And, uh, you know, I think Levin, uh, Dominic Calvert Levin was subbed off early in the cup game. And I think that means they'll probably get the start this weekend. So for sure. I hope we see him and he'll get a, he'll get his shot against Bournemouth. Burnley, Huddersfield Town. Uh, I've been impressed with Burnley this year, yeah. honestly. I've really liked Burnley this year, and I think uh, Huddersfield, you know, had a, you know, they they were they were top of the table for a little bit, but I think that was just because you know they had a string of easy games. I think Burnley's actually kind of could be a real deal, uh, could really challenge to push for a, a upper mid level table this year. Hmm. So I'm going to take Burnley there. Leicester City versus Liverpool. Liverpool's going to field their strong squad, obviously this uh, this weekend. Oh yeah, we blame again. I think I think Liverpool's going to definitely uh, play much better. I see Liverpool winning that game, and then Sunday Newcastle, Brighton, Hovalbion, Newcastle. I'll take them. They're playing well. I love Rafa Benitez, and I think he's been doing a great job. You know, if things go south with Billich, I would mm-hmm. not mind Rafa coming to the Olympic yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Oh, I would love that move. But uh, yeah, I'd take Newcastle there, and then West Brom Arsenal. This will be the one I go out on a win for. Mm. I am going to. Uh, I think honestly, I could see West Brom getting a sneaky, cheeky result here. I can and tell. W- whether it be a draw, a draw or a win, because I believe they're at Hawthorns. Uh, nope, that's Emirates. Shoot. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'd say either a draw or I'd say Arsenal would probably win that one. But those would be my predictions for this upcoming week. Well. Appreciate all the predictions. Usually, Aisha doesn't make us clear to you. We just like do a game or two. Oh, but... shit. <laughs> it's okay, oh, wow. though. I-, I wasn't going to stop you. Just, you know, let you do your thing. But no, it's fine. I, I wonder how much work do you, um, or how much time do you put into that section right there? Uh, more than I'd get it with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I should have, um, I should have specified. God, that's my bad. <laughs> well... I guess I'll move on to my single prediction. <laughs> I've got um, Manchester City and Crystal Palace. Um, I You look at quick notes, Crystal Palace is in the next three games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Manchester City, Chelsea and Manchester United, I believe. So rest in peace, Crystal Palace. Um, this week, I don't see them scoring again. Exactly uh, as he has. I see City scoring a lot more goals again, running out 4-0 winners. Uh, pretty ballsy prediction, but um, the way City have been playing, they've scored 15 goals in three games now. Um, and I expect them to make like 19, maybe even 20 goals in four games, which would be ridiculous. Um, really going out on a limb there, Sean, with your prediction. Really just... <laughs> well, you know... I, it would have been going out on a limb saying Man City would beat Watford 6-0, but here we are now. Yeah. So against a much weaker Crystal Palace side at home, I wouldn't honestly not be surprised. I wouldn't either. Well, anyway, um, unless you have any final thoughts, I guess I will close this out. Perfect. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be on, Sean. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for being here uh, once again to all of you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of EPL from LFK. Find me on Twitter at EPL underscore from underscore LFK. Uh, go, go follow Playmakers on Twitter and Instagram at PlaymakersKU. Um, as I always say, you can make all of this possible. And finally, if your interest is in getting involved, contact me through Twitter or email at seangoodwin96 at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much and have a good one, everyone.